We've been beating down pots and pans. We've been angry about a bunch of shit. But if we don't get down to the ground level of, so people can understand why we're pissed the fuck and off. And this restaurant is going to change that? Yeah, it's part of it. That's why the fuck, this restaurant that's above us right now, it's part of that change. It's part of that change. We are part of that change. You're part of that change. Nick's part of that change. Danny's part of that change. We're all part of that change. Oh, hello. I'm Nick Jimenez. Welcome to my home, where sometimes we record episodes of Pancom Podcast. However, this episode of Pancom Podcast was not recorded here. Just this brief introduction to give you a little bit of context into what you are about to hear. Our last episode was with Martha Bueno. She is a candidate for a seat on the Miami-Dade County Commission. After we were done recording that episode, Mike and I had planned to record uh, a, a minisode, a mini-episode, minisode, about Café Habana, which is a uh, New York-based restaurant that is uh, uh, planning to expand into Miami. There was some controversy related to that opening because uh, of their branding and their decor and the story of their restaurant. We'll get into that in this episode. I am jumping in here with this introduction because what ended up happening was we kind of just transitioned right into that conversation. Martha stuck around. So we didn't do a good job of sort of setting it up in light of the fact that it was going to be its own standalone thing. So uh, that's what this episode is. That's the context I wanted to give you. Also, I fucked up. The restaurant has, uh, they have locations in New York City and in Malibu. For some reason, I got it in my head that it was New York City and Honolulu. So I said Honolulu very confidently. And everybody kind of followed my lead. So throughout this episode, every time you hear a reference to Honolulu, you should be thinking Malibu. They are two different places. One of them uh, is not a place that has one of these restaurants. Uh, finally, this does come up in this conversation, but I just want to note, in case somebody involved with Café Habana uh, is, is listening but doesn't get this far... Know that you are, Sean Meenan is invited, Cindy Crawford is invited, uh, anybody who's involved at the ownership level or as a partner or an investor with Café Habana is, is more than welcome to join us on Pancom Podcast. Mike and I would very much like to, to engage in this conversation with you directly rather than just talk about you. We have attempted to reach out to you and for whatever reason have not heard back, but if you come across this, get in touch with us. You can... Uh, email us at pancongpodcast at datemag.com. DM us on all the social media things. You could probably find out where I live and show up, you know, say hi to Petey, um, all that stuff. Uh, but but we would like to uh, sit across from you face-to-face -face and, and talk about this. And, of course, let the listeners of this podcast in on that conversation. I think that it would be a, a, a valuable thing for everybody to to hear and and to be exposed to without all of the barriers and and editing and shortening and abridgments that um that that happen in in print media and in social media and twitter and that sort of stuff so uh with all of that context and setup 
here is our minisode, me, Michael Beltran, and Martha Bueno about Café Habana. Oh, by the way, apologies that, um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not apologizing for my not being on camera, but if you're watching the video version of this, I'm off camera. Of course, we let Martha keep her seat, and so I ended up staying off camera. So when I'm speaking, uh, you won't see me. It is what it is. Deal with it. I'm sorry. You know, what are you going to do? We're doing another one, though, no, right? Another what? Another podcast. Oh, did you want to talk about that thing? Oh, yeah, I did. Okay, so... Um, all right, so we'll we'll just keep. I'll, I won't even pause the recording. Yeah, no, I mean. So before we started recording this, Mike and I had talked about the fact that we wanted to record a conversation about uh, this Cafe Havana thing. Yes. So we'll make this like a Patreon. No, slash. let's fucking public. It'll be I out in the world. It'll be out in the world. This, okay. How many times have you already asked? You've you've reached out in all the things. <laughs> and all you've right. Got no fucking response. The okay. New York Times has reached out. His he's they hiding behind the fucking his what, what does he call be, himself? To, to, uh, reggaeton aficionado. Does he call himself that? He does. He does. Right, he does. So, okay. So welcome to the next episode of Pancom Podcast, well, well, brought to you by Spite, Anger, and Negronis. This is a, <laughs> a special minisode, a little minisode of Pancom Podcast. Oh, I like that minisode. A little minisode. Minisode. Uh, so. There's not a camera on me right now, but I will introduce this. You subject. want me to flip this? No, the that's camera? okay. No, I can bring I, a camera. No, I've right? seen what happens when you hold the camera in your hand. The fuck does that mean? There's I do blurry, solid work. There's with blurry cameras. fans and the whole thing. It's a disaster. What a fucking prick. Go on. Listen, that's fine. Okay. So, um, just to to give people a little bit of background, Cafe Havana, right, is a restaurant in New York City. They have locations. Elsewhere in the country as well. I think there's one in Honolulu. Cool. And I, f- and I forget where else. Uh, the LA. LA, maybe also, yeah. Um, one of the owners is Sean Meenan. The, uh, there are other partners. I forget their names. They made news recently because they um, have plans to open in Miami's Brickell neighborhood. Um, Which no one will care in Brickell. No one will care in Brickle. Some people, but not enough people, will care in Brickle. No they're not. They're just not going to be in Brickle? the know enough. No, right. <laughs> no, yeah. There's, there's. I mean, there are people in Brickle who are. I, I have known maybe Do not. They Br- live under rocks in Brickle. Am I okay? Aware? I, I have known people maybe who don't live in Brickle, but I have known people who work five minutes from Brickle and who live maybe a little north of Brickle or in Miami Beach, who have never, who are unaware. To give you an idea, right? And this is relevant to the to to the to this subject, right? Because we're talking about people who are coming in from New York and opening a business in Miami. I have met people who have been living in Miami for multiple years who work the people I'm thinking of specifically are like near Biscayne and like fifty and sixty something, right? Nowhere near Brickle. No, nowhere near Brickle, but within, oh, sorry, outside of rush hour, a quick drive, right? <laughs> it's not, and, and people who might very well live in Brickle, I just don't know where they lived. I just know they worked there, right? Okay. Like they're in that, like, they're in that north of Little Havana, north of downtown mm-hmm. thing, who I have witnessed them 
and their shock when they learn that there are entire communities in Miami where a lot of people grow up not speaking English at home with their parents and grandparents. Like that's how disconnected north of Little Havana is from the southwest. And I, what I what, what I love the most about that just it has nothing to do with what we're about to talk about. But they were like uh, during the development of Little Havana, what they wanted to do was make it like Brickle West, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Which I just don't see that ever happening because there's such a deep rooted. Cuban community there that they're just going to be like nah y'all can go fuck yourself yeah. like it's just not going to happen as much as Bill Martin wanted to happen it's never going to happen so in the in the interest of just sort of wrapping up the little summary of this so the the thing that we're talking about is there's this New, New York restaurant or New York based restaurant called Cafe Habana uh, that is which is Mexican food which is is personally it's okay with me because their story is that they are they take their inspiration, and I assume, I, I have understood this, I don't know for a fact, but I've understood this to mean that this is also where the name came from, that they were like, their brand marketing story is that they're inspired by the restaurant in Mexico City where supposedly Fidel and Che Guevara... Oh, such an uh, inspiring story. Pl planned the revolution. So inspiring. You know, nothing inspires me more than starting a revolution okay. where we kill thousands of people. So we put them up against a firing squad. So here's the thing. so these inspiring. Are, these are people who open their restaurant in Manhattan and who have like a little outpost in Brooklyn. Hmm. And as far as I'm concerned, hmm. because, and, and we've all like <laughs> lived in the world where these people exist. Se les puede perdonar. There's, a, there's, an, there's an ignorance... There's an ignorance that if you can chalk it, I, I prefer, I generally will chalk up to ignorance and stupidity what can be chalked up to that rather than to malice and some kind of evil, right? Like, and really, like, if you spend enough time in New York or anywhere north of, like, Dayton, Broward County, there are so many people who have this warped idea of what the revolution was, of what its significance was. To I mean, Cuba. everywhere, like, everywhere outside of Miami. These, this is just and, and look at them all moving here, and, and because it works so wonderfully sure. that they've screwed up their own place and sure. coming here. So, but but well, like when you when you see this Sean Meenan character talking, who uh, he's given like a, a TED talk about the nonprofit they started, which is called like Awana Works. And it's just like it, it all sort of like stemmed from this restaurant brand, right? But it's like Havana Works has nothing to do with Cuba. It's like they do community service type stuff in Brooklyn and, you know, whatever, which is fine. Like it just became like the theme of all of his stuff. Um, I th Basically, they were opening a restaurant in Miami. And when people got wind because of uh, this TikTok account that also posts to Instagram, they were the first to break the story. They were the first to break the story. Uh, I, I love that. I, I, I will. Thanks for bringing that out. I'll, I'll cut out a little bit of uh, of myself here. I'll just to give this guy a little bit of shout out. I think it's. Hold on, because I was DMing with this character just earlier. Today. <laughs> I love how you call him a character. Yeah, what Josue has to say is the guy's <laughs> name on Instagram. What Josue has That's to good. say, he was the one who sort of like. If, if he wasn't the first to talk about it, he was the one who certainly, like, his content about it got most popular quickest. Um, they're opening a restaurant in Miami, and this whole brand is inspired by this Fidel and Che story. And then what happens? People lose their shit. They start trolling the comment section of these people's Instagram accounts and posts and things. Um, As they should. I disagree. Nice. So So here's... 
here's my personal take on this as long as I'm mm-hmm. talking. Shocker. I mean, I don't go know. Go on, just keep talking. going. Go because on. we've basically given the summer, right? Like they were going to open a restaurant, people freaked out, and then Miami reacted, which is fine. This episode of Pancom Podcast is brought to you by The Barrel. This is the barbecue grill that, if you're watching this in video form, is in front of us. We're here with uh, Chef Danny Boza. Danny, tell us a little bit about what the genesis of this thing was. Where does the barrel come from? You know, I, I, I was a chef. Oh, I was a, you know, working for a civil engineering firm before that. And I really hated everything that I was doing at the time. So I've always had a passion for cooking. And then, you know, I, I decided one day to move to New York and everything took off from New York, Chicago, Hong Kong, LA, you know, Colorado, and then to Hawaii, and then back to Miami. And then I opened up my own spot in uh, Coral Gables, got sold the restaurant, and moved on to the next bigger, bigger, better thing. Obviously, COVID hit, so we had our own passion project. It started because a, a, a friend, was now a, bit, a business partner, Diego Londonio, approached me to do a menu for his coffee shop. And I said, you know, let's go to Colombia. I got to see the tree. I got to, you know feel it out, get a little inspiration. So I went out there and then, uh, you know, I tried some of the food when I got there and I was blown away by the flavor. I found out they were actually cooking with the actual coffee tree. And then I saw their South American style roaster and it was just really dinged up, beat up oil drum. Yeah. And I said, you know what? I can make something that's really cool. So myself and Diego put our heads together and, you know, it, it's a home run in my opinion. It's very sleek, very beautiful to look at. Um, it's very, very cool. It's a conversation starter. People see that in your yard and they want to talk about it. Yeah, definitely people see it. And again, we're not trying to take over anybody's yard. We're trying to a compliment, you know, making a compliment to it. So what you would do on your regular grill for something very quick, you might want to say on a weekend, I got more time. I don't want to chill out and, you know, use the barrel and, and create some beautiful flavors out of that with our hardwood lump charcoal. Do you remember what? Some of the first things you did with it when you were maybe like prototyping it or you had like you had it close to final form yeah actually i'll, I'll keep it short so one of the main things was is that our base was simply just the base it was just a very plain base and uh in order to stop all the fat that was dripping and rendering i would use sand around the side but of course you know even some of the best chefs in the world make some of the greatest mistakes so i would drop some of the food directly on the sand and there's no getting sand off food once it hits it. So we had to think of a different system. So now we created these two half moon systems at the base in which you can add liquid and have a grate on top, which pretty much sets this apart from any other, you know, grill, roaster, smoker, which, you know, the three-in-one combo is not really commonly found out there. Very cool. So if people want to learn more, if people want to buy this thing, how do they get more information about the barrel? I would say go to our Instagram page, you know, at barrel the BBQ. And, you know, you can go and see our link tree there, which has our YouTube channel, our order page, our information, our specs about the barrel. And it has a bunch of fun videos and very cool things that we've cooked out of it so far. Very cool. And once you're there, if you use promo code PANGCON10, that's PANGCON10, P-A-N-C-O-N, because I know a lot of people have trouble with this. We don't (laughs) speak Spanish. We've been called Pumpkin Podcast, the Panko Podcast. This is P-A-N-C-O-N10 for $100 off of the barrel. Thanks, man. Awesome. Thank you. This episode of Pancom Podcast is also brought to you by Elite Impact Windows. Elite Impact Windows does exactly what it sounds like they do. They are purveyors of impact windows. That's the kind that, especially if you're in a hurricane-prone sort of area, 
you want so stuff doesn't come flying through your windows. Mike, you have impact windows on some of your restaurants. Listen, I heard a rumor. Tell me if this is true. Are all their products tested to go up to 185 mile per hour wind pressures? That is how their products are tested. That's all their products are tested to meet that. I don't know. I've never been out in 185 mile per hour wind. But if I were, I think I might want to wear some of these windows as like a suit. I feel safer already just thinking about if I was walking around in that kind of wind and I was wrapped around with their just windows just wrapped around me, I'd yeah. feel like a much safer person. Yeah, you should put them on your caddy. I, mm, You know, maybe maybe not. But I, And I also heard that they meet all the requirements of Miami-Dade County. They do meet all the requirements of Miami-Dade County. Fuck me, that's amazing. EliteImpactGlass.com or on Facebook, Elite Impact Windows, Instagram, Elite Impact Glass. They are proud partners with Eco Windows, CGI, and Windor. One of the things I really appreciate about them and their company is that all their products are made locally here in South Florida. And fuck me, that's amazing. Look at this. They are all made here in South Florida. Did you do your research? Man, man? I did not do the research. <laughs> Somebody didn't show up ready. They have competitive pricing with Totally 0% financing available. I mean, I don't know. If you have credit like mine, you might not get 0% financing, but <laughs> it may be an option. It's possible that that's an option for you, 0% financing. I don't know exactly how that works. Whatever the case, if you go on the website, you ask for a quote, and you mention Bang Kong Podcast, you will get 10% off of your installation. And I don't know if you guys have ever installed Windows before, but 10% off of window installation, that's a good fucking deal. And you know what? You got it here first on Pancom Podcast. That's right. Mention Pancom Podcast. Again, it's EliteImpactGlass.com or Elite Impact Windows on Facebook, Elite Impact Glass on Instagram. By the way, you mentioned restaurants. They do do they, com- do, they, they do do, they do, do. <laughs> commercial properties. So whether it's for your home or your business, if do, you need a lead impact do, glass do, to put, do, uh, do, you know, all that do do um, and do the things that they do do so well, yeah. uh, you wanna you wanna get in and on that. Also, this company very woke, very woke. They also offer solar power systems with backup batteries and custom generators for your home. You know why? Because they're woke. I, I don't know if that's a positive thing these days to be woke, but what? you know, but it's it's nice. I mean, sounds you know, good. It sounds good to me that there's solar power involved. I'm into it. Generators, solar power, impact glass. Uh, if you go to their website, they got a video that shows off like a home that has all of that stuff going on at one time, which is pretty wild. That's pretty um, wild. A lot of panels, a lot of glass, a lot of things. Pretty soon, we are going to get our hands on a, uh, at least one pane of impact glass. I'm ready. And we're going to try to break it. I'm ready. I don't know what the procedure will be, uh, <laughs> but, our, but Mike's breath will have a blast of freshness. <laughs> From that banaka you just heard. I like, the, I like this a for banaka, the podcast. You can a really banaka blast at last. Fast blast banaka. I just want everybody to know, uh, and apologies to Elite Impact Glass, because uh, uh, I don't want this to sound like an ad for banaka, but in the time that we've been sitting here to record this ad, Mike has blasted himself with banaka like five times. Twice. Okay, so I, I don't know, man. Twice. I don't know. Come on. Twice. Elite Impact Glass. Thanks to our sponsor. Thanks. Go, go get your windows from. Go go get go get those windows. I th- I think that for in no particular order, here are my thoughts on this thing. Number 1. I think it's important to take a breath and consider where these people who are opening this restaurant are coming from not in the interest of leaving it open to like oh well maybe we like a cuban revolution inspired restaurant no of course not but leaving it open to the idea 
that maybe you can convince them of something, right? And in in my saying that some I say publicly and it sounds like I'm some kind of a celebrity or something, but like in my <laughs> like, in my like little sphere of people who read the rants that I put with my funky little initials on Instagram. Yeah. Um uh a number of people and I and I actually spoke with who's been a guest on this podcast he owns I, I contacted him and I said like hey do you do you happen to have any kind of a connection to these people or their vendors or anybody that we can like reach out to them to bring them onto the podcast and one of the first things that he told me was on, when I was on the phone with him was um, and I, I hesitate to say this publicly uh, but I don't think he would mind his question not his like oh don't do this but his question was like do you have any concerns about platforming these people right that's a good question. And, and my answer was, no, I, I don't. And this is why. I, I think that to the extent that there is such a thing as the Cuban exile community, which as, as a, an anarcho-capitalist who rejects all these identitarian labels, I tend to reject the idea that there is such a thing as the Cuban-American community because God knows there are plenty of Cuban-Americans who are not part of any community I want to be a part of like some of these communists who are speaking at Bitcoin conferences and all that kind of shit. He's um, not Cuban-American. He's just straight up Cuban. No, but there are people like Arturo Lopez-Levy and uh, there's a bunch of people. There's a bunch of people that I have no interest in like associating with them and being a part of a community with them. I'm in, I'm in a com- If I'm in a community politically, I'm in a community of people who love liberty wherever they're from. Right. I have more of a kinship with any... Same, same. With any Czech or any Belarusian or whatever than I do with, you know, automatically with some Cuban or some Mexican or whatever the fuck it is. I, I think that there is something to be said for the idea that uh, if these people are coming from a perspective of some kind of ignorance, right, of not knowing these stories, of not having been exposed to these stories, which God knows there are people in Miami who haven't been exposed, who don't know the stories. In Brooklyn, it's that times a thousand. If your interest is in advancing a cause, is in advancing liberty, is in, is in spreading ideas, then you need to leave yourself open to the possibility of co-opting this restaurant group. The, the clip that I played, right, that I posted on Instagram immediately after my little uh, initial rant was from a movie. Uh, it was a documentary called How to Start a Revolution, which is named for the book that it is based on by... Um, uh, Gene Sharp. So Gene Sharp is uh, an American scholar who basically wrote the playbook that every nonviolent movement that has toppled a dictator has followed for our entire lifetimes and then some, right? The Black Spring, um, uh, the fall of the Iron Curtain, all the rest of that. And in that documentary, there's a, a, one of the leaders of Otpor, which was a, the movement that brought down Milosevic, and when I was in uh, back in my uh, in my more activist days, I did trainings with people who uh, who participated in Utpor, um, and and so it's sort of like really stuck in my mind. And the thing that he said was that you, in this case, he's talking about the police in Serbia, but I think that you can extend the same idea to everything from uh, from the police to some of these, to borrow the term, useful idiots. Right, that, that have been sort of like captured by communist propaganda. And the line was, and I'm paraphrasing, you don't throw stones at the police. 
the way that you bring change is that you co-opt discursive pillars. All of these regimes, whether it's Cuba's, whether it's Serbia's, whether it's the Russians, whether it's whatever, rely on pillars of support. They don't maintain power based on nothing. They have support. In the case of Cuba's government, it's the support of all of these cultural institutions all over the hemisphere and all over the world, including Café Havana, right? It's a small component, but it is a component. It, part of the support of the Cuban government is that you have these cultural institutions like this restaurant group that have these glowing images of Fidel and Che in their restaurants. And so the question for me is this. Would you rather keep them from opening in Brickle where they will change zero minds anyway or open your arms to them let them on your podcast show them that you want to have an exchange in good faith and not troll them to the point that they have to shut down the comments on their Instagram section of their Instagram posts and at least allow yourself the possibility that not only do you keep them from opening in Brickle but they change their wallpaper in Honolulu I would rather I would rather leave myself open to that possibility for at least a few months before I close that door. Because if we close that door immediately, then we are fucked. And, and, there, and, and I see you with your hand up. I will call, I, I have my I, hand up. I will call on saying. you in a moment. And okay, I, cool. I will just close here by saying that this, this guy who was a not poor, I, I think there are a lot of people who hear that and they think, oh, well, that's just so impossible. They'll never change their minds. Oh, this, no. No, I'm not saying that's what you're thinking. Okay. But the, the, this this uh, this person from Odpor, the, the point that he makes is that if we're thinking of like, oh, this Sean Meenan must be so immovable, the approach that Odpor took to the police, to Milosevic's police in Serbia, was to say, not we are in opposition to you, we're at war with you, but rather we are both victims Right? We are out in the street protesting when we'd rather be at home raising our kids and doing our jobs. And, doing, and you are in the street beating us when you'd rather be actually just being police. And there's no sense in this war between victims and victims. I don't know. I'm going to speak. So. So. That was a beautiful sermon. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate all of that. Can I get that an was, amen? Yeah. Woo! Good Lord. That was good. I think that the um, there's like layers to this problem, right? Like which you just pointed out, there's layers to it. Like the the like sensational aspect of like what the like Che T-shirts and the revolution does to like certain age groups of kids, mm -hmm. right? Like they they look at it in a certain way and they um, almost idolize it and they they want to emulate it and they don't really understand it and i think that this is it's a cause and effect right like that it has affected this and that's why this exists and this isn't the only uh, example of this there's several examples of this it's just this is the first time that it's come to our streets right like it's the only time it's uh, where was the other one salt bay is an example Sure. Yeah, no, I mean, to super agree. But I, I think... Um, but I don't think he led with his politics. Well, he I, didn't I don't, know I don't, this about him until he started serving well, like Chavez or whatever. Salpe didn't lead with saying, like, I'm a Cuban concept. Right. 
right? Like it wasn't it wasn't like it, was it was a named after like a yeah. Cuban thing. So I don't think he led with that. So right. yeah, I mean, I get your point, but at the same time, I, I see it all the time. I remember I was I was uh, this was not my last trip to DC. It was the previous one, and I was a little I was day drinking and I was riding a scooter, and there was a restaurant there. Um, another Cuban restaurant. The first item on their menu was guacamole. And um, they had a big mural of Che inside. And I was like with three guys and they were just like, you know, chef, just don't do it. But, you know, I was day drinking. So I did it. Right. And I and I wheeled. I, I actually I took the scooter all the way inside and I was just like, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? Like, do you not understand what this really means? What this is saying to people? But they don't know. They have no fucking idea. Right. And I think the truth is, listen, we could like, uh, we could essentially destroy these people every day. And it's easy. That's the easy road to just take the comment section and just like, you know, barrel down. And, and what Louis said is right. Like, do we want to give them a platform? I don't want to ever give anyone a platform that's a reggaeton aficionado ever. Oh, I'm sorry. You just did. <laughs> well... You're, I love reggaeton. You're, you're, love reggaeton. You're running for a seat. So That's you, the real reason <laughs> I ran out of coffee. <laughs> but, you know, like... Bad bunny's a shit. I'm sorry. Do they really understand what this stuff means? But then I would tell you on the other side, as someone that's a business owner and someone that... I mean, I take a culture super seriously, right? Because it's mine. I think that I've studied it. I understand it. I, I, wanna, I want it to grow. I love it. You know, I think if you if you take that road, right? And it's what we said earlier, like talking about like if I were to open a Mexican restaurant, I want to understand everything I can about Mexican food. If I, you know, we're opening several different types of restaurants, right? Like I understand French food super well, so we're going to open a French restaurant. You know, like I want to I want to do right by them. I think if you're going to do that and you're going to make money on that, you're going to capitalize on those things. You're going to capitalize on those things. You should understand them a little bit better. And that's exactly what I would say to them. It's like if you're going to take, and it's cool, you can make all the faces you want. There's no cameras on you. So no, whatever face you make, people can't see. That's right. No, I'm, I'm, I'm rolling my eyes and making all kinds of Shocker. You're rolling your eyes at yeah. my statements? That's weird. No, I mean, I... I I, I understand where you're coming from. I, I just disagree about whether. Okay, so yeah, but it's this. fine. But like, but, but, once, I, but once, I do you, think, once you capitalize on a culture, yeah. you capitalize on a culture. You should understand it better. I just think that the analogy that you're drawing to, like, if I did this food or if I did that food, to me, it's less about the food and more about like if you're gonna put these people on your would wall. Would you but, open but a mind also, trunk? But it's but, it, but it's also, something or another restaurant. Would you? Would no. you open like a North Korean? I don't know. No, what, like, what I'm saying like, is, come on, have a little. What, what I'm saying I'm is, if I if I wanted if I wanted with your feet what i'm saying personally is they should they should you know they should go out of business immediately Maybe. and i think that if they open in miami and plenty of people are like oof this is terrible the but they won't they won't go out of business they open brickle they won't go out of business but, okay so but, here, but, but here's you the question you think that people protesting this restaurant in front of it and somebody's like hey what's going on here and you're like you know these people support listen there's over is salt bay still there salt bay is still there salt bay is still there salt bay served maluro uh-huh. Venezuelans and Cubans showed right. up to protest him, and he's still there, still sprinkling there. assault. Still there. So but I, again, he didn't people, lead with this thing. We, and you know what? And that's fine. And these people He didn't lead with this thing, but he, but he posed in basically, like he, he put a Fidel Castro portrait up on his wall. He right. posed with it like Fidel sure, Castro. Sure, and he should absolutely be. But but here's here's my question to you then. And, and 
you know, and this is kind of a weird thing because we're recording a thing that's like semi-separate, but given the, I wonder what your thoughts are on what I was saying earlier about whether you are interested in at least leaving the door open for some period of time to seeing what would happen if you attempted to open. Well, isn't that what I'm doing with Bitcoin? I told them the issue with sure, this, but, this guy coming but here the fact and we're leaving do, a door open the for them do, to... But the fact that you're doing with Bitcoin has no bearing on whether... I think that... I, I just think that, listen, what, people hold need on, to no, know because, because what you're that saying the Cuban is, revolution caused more death. I understand. There are 6,000 people plus no, Martha, that I, have I, been put up against a fucking wall and I, shot to death. I understand. Che Guevara loved to kill people of color and I, gay people. And it's just like... You know, I, I, should I, we celebrate him? No. no. Listen, Martha, I don't, I don't need anyone explaining to me how many people Che Guevara killed. Yeah. So I, I, I understand. I, I know. I know the history. To open I up know a the history. I, un, I know the history as they well as should. you do, but that's not the question. You're saying they should be able to open the restaurant. They you should. Uh, you I also just said they should go out of business immediately. Yes, because people. So like the question us that I'm. So the question that I'm. Not go eat there. So the question that I'm asking you mm-hmm. is, as a person who knows the history, mm-hmm. and as a person who has an interest in that. Would you agree with me that the preferable outcome is for them to stay in business and for us to have co-opted them, for, for us to have brought them to our side? And I don't see it, how this is any different. So if they go out of business, somebody else is going to open up a store there. No, and no, no, no. It I'm, might be even better. No, Maybe this is like the no, but you don't, you place. don't, you don't change the dynamic of what they're what because, they're doing and what they're saying. Because here's because here's the thing: is that there's there's also an element of we have to consider that this isn't that this isn't just you know. Uh, an issue between a Cuban exile community and this one restaurant, right? And this is sort of the way that I approach all of my interactions on issues like this, right? Is that it's it's never really, I mean, if you're lucky, you change the mind of the person you're talking to. If you're lucky, but that never happens. Almost never. Especially not on the interwebs when you're trolling people on Instagram. That just doesn't happen. Nobody. Well, that's, 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 that's when the that's comments get turned off. Okay, but but yeah. who it is about is the people who are watching it happen. So what does the person on the sidelines see, right? What does the person who subscribed to the New York Times from Tulsa, Oklahoma, see in in their emails? What they see, what they see is a political history of an island they don't understand. Some dude who started Etsy that they spend a bunch of money with wanting to sell corn with cheese on it in Miami and a bunch of Cubans losing their fucking minds because they couldn't stand to see one guy's picture on the wall. If we're dumbing it down to that level now, the question becomes if we're to the extent we can we can we can shake our heads and we can get upset about it. Not upset. We're all upset. No, we're no, we're all upset. Let's not pretend we are all upset that this regime has succeeded in its propaganda efforts to the point that Fidel and Castro, more than half a century later... Fidel is Castro. I'm sorry, Fidel and Che Guevara, are on these walls, or on this wallpaper, more than half a century later. We're all upset about it. We're not going to pretend not to be upset. It's upsetting to everybody, but the question is... Not everybody, obviously. Otherwise, they wouldn't have put it on the wall. There's uh, plenty of people that all don't of us, understand. All of us who are connected to that history are upset about it. Everybody in and this they room, have a everyone right in this room is upset about it. have a restaurant and for communists. Communists right. have a right to have a restaurant. Of course they do. Of course they do. But this conversation is not about people's rights. We all agree that nobody should be forcing them to shut down the restaurant. The question is, right. are we better off with... Are we better... Let's suppose that these two things are equally possible, right? Mm-hmm. 
Is this movement for freedom in Cuba better off with either some secondhand store or another sexy fish or whatever the fuck it is Ooh, sexy fish. opening in place of Café Habana? Or are we better off with Café Habana in a future where Café Habana is an ally to Cuban freedom? I don't see how that's going to change anything. You don't see how Café... Oh, but if that's I, not, but that's not going to change I, anything, I, then what difference does it make if they're, I, if they're I, an I, opponent I, to Cuban I, I freedom? I, I, think, I, I viscerally disagree because like, here's the thing, is that we, we deal with an entire country that has no idea what our people have dealt with, right? So these people... Which what, what's her name? Uh, I I only remember Sean Meenan, who's one of the partners. So I don't want to make right. it all, but he's the so one. So all those partners, right? He's he's they, the one. He's and for context, he's the one who's like the biggest name because he was an early investor in Etsy. Good for him. So really? a guy who's made a lot of money on well, capitalism uh, but, is going to support a restaurant that's basically an homage but, to but, but again, to socialism. It, 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 it goes I think back, it's it very goes America. back to the se- sensationalism of what we deal with, right? Like you have. People like Jay-Z that are walking through Havana wearing Chase shirts, it's sensationalized. You know why? Because middle America doesn't understand what we have dealt with and the story that we have. So we, if we have a chance, if we have a chance, this is the only way this shit's going to happen, right? Because the other way, the last 60 years, hasn't fucking worked. Sure. It hasn't fucking worked, right? So if we want to like barrel down and beat all the fucking pans down that we want, walking down the fucking street for three days, right? Because we're still fighting the same fucking fight. The protests have stopped. We're still fighting the same fucking fight. If we can't do it this way, right, which is actually getting in at the ground level of things that think that don't that don't understand why this is wrong, then we're never going to succeed. And like, listen, these guys, I would tell them to their face, you guys are fucking morons, right? Like you guys are a bunch of fucking idiots because you didn't do your homework, right? That's my point. They didn't do their homework. But they didn't they, research but, but, but that's, what they're but that's, doing. But that's also not what you're saying, right? Like, you didn't do your fucking homework, right? But at the same time, like, let's change it. Let's change it. And the only people that are going to change it are the people in this city. And as soon as we stop giving a fuck about our day-to-day, like, our day-to-day right? Because, like, all we give a fuck about, and this is, like, the American hamster wheel, is about our day-to-day. And we care about, like, bigger things. We're going to continue living the life that people want us to live. And we've been doing the same thing for 60 years. We've been beating down pots and pans. We've been angry about a bunch of shit. But if we don't get down to the ground level of, so people can understand why we're pissed the fuck and off. And this restaurant is going to change that? Yeah, it's part of it. That's why the fuck, this restaurant that's above us right now, it's part of that change. It's part of that change. We are part of that change. You're part of that change. Nick's part of that change. Danny's part of that change. We're all part of that change. And the only reason we're part of that change is by saying it. And, and, and it, doing it takes more than that. So I'm just going to step in here because sure. I've been listening to both of you. So first off, um, I agree with you. They needed to have done the research. And if they did their research, and this is the concept that they came up with, they've obviously been operating in other cities for a while. So this isn't like fresh and they didn't know and they immediately changed the description on their google page and on their other pages as soon as it started hitting the interwebs they were like oh let's remove this history of them talking in in mexico and that's how we came up with the concept they immediately changed it so they knew something was up i think that there's a free market at work here and i think that we should allow the free market to work and i think the free market says that you know what you open up a restaurant and if it's a good quality restaurant and people come to it you're going to be successful and if it's not you're going to fail. And I think they deserve to have that experience. And you open up a restaurant that is in favor of communism in Miami, 
chances are it's going to fail. I don't Hopefully agree. Hopefully so. I don't agree. And so on. You like, okay, well then Salt it's going to survive. Salt Bay is still fucking open. Salt Bay is here. Like that guy fed fucking a, a mass murder, right? Like, am yeah, I he wrong fed, here? He fed Maduro. He, but Maduro is still in power in, in Venezuela and he's not being removed. The, listen, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. I think that the problem with Salt Bay is he doesn't lead with it and most people aren't aware. I was aware that he had fed Maduro or no, Chavez were, or whatever. But there were protests for days outside of that restaurant. And it was all over the news. It was more all over the news than this is. And the and 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 the suits still go. Yeah, and they're still going to go. And the Cubans, suits, Cubans still go. And but, I mean, there's Cuban suits too. Like you could say, suits suits are all kinds yeah, of cultures yeah. and people and all kinds of things. They still sure. fucking go, right? That's why I'm saying, if you can get in at the ground level, the ground level is where what, what makes a difference, right? They're trying to come into our city, right? And they obviously got uh, a TikToker called him out. Good for him. <laughs> I don't know Great who this for guy. Him. I don't yeah. know who this yeah. guy is, but I've, good, good for him. I had, I had a brief exchange with him earlier today. Yeah, good for him. Yeah. Just yeah. tell him. Good. Yeah. For him. Uh, I I was a little critical of his TikToking. Were Shocker! You, really? you were a critical yeah. of a TikToker. I, I'm I was, shocked. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't co-sign 100 percent of what he said. Well, I mean, at, at the end of the day, he still called somebody out, and the thing was wrong. And I think that like at he, the end, he of the did a better job than the Herald did. Okay, and apparently, from what you think, the New York Times did. Yeah, it, it goes TikToker, New York Times Herald. Okay, all right. So we've got our order. I mean, we have a responsibility to change narrative. We do. I, I think at this point, we've tried a good amount of things, and not a lot of things have actually worked. So the only thing that we could do is continue to honor our culture and then also try to change the narrative for the rest of the country because the rest of the country has no fucking clue about who we are and what we've done and what we've been through you and know, what our grandparents went through and what our parents forget went through about and all, all of this. the things that we've gone through the things that people in cuba are going through right now and that's and the problem that i have because here's the thing i spend my every waking moment that i'm not being a mom or running for office trying to get medicine into cuba so far i've sent over 900 pounds of medicine especially uh antibiotics which people are legitimately dying from covid because they can't get access to the most basic of needs there's no tylenol in cuba there's there's no saline solution if you go to a hospital in cuba they don't even have to give you an iv okay you need your blood drawn in cuba you better bring your own uh needle because they don't even have this i have been sending shit tons of medicine to cuba on my own damn dime i've raised some and i've sent a whole lot of medicine to cuba so yes this is all fine and dandy but none of this is going to change what's going on in cuba and people need to know what's happening right now and how people how, need I, to I, know and, this. and i think my question is how do you want that how do you want that to change right I want we, it to change can, by us doing more for Cuba right now. Forget about our history. My but, but, family but, but too, your family, everybody's family 100%, here. percent but the Let's only the only way to continue more. to change that dialogue is so the rest of the country understands that. Right. So by changing somebody that I don't know who the fuck these people are, right? I do like, in some ways, but it, Look if, at Michael Moore's we, documentary. This is what everybody brings up to me when I'm like, I'm sending medicine to Cuba. They're like, but why? Have you not seen Cuba's healthcare? And it's free and it's amazing. Look, Michael Moore went no, to two course. hospitals. The one that, that Fidel would go to and the one that the, the military goes to. He went to two hospitals in Havana, the two only hospitals that actually have things. And so now the entire narrative of this country is Cuba's wonderful. They have free education and free health care. And so by allowing this to come into our own city and us not going like, you know what? No, fuck this shit. We're not going to have this 
you know, oh, we're going to have this conversation. And but we're we don't we, we don't live in a society that people want to have a fucking conversation. Right. So they so should you, hear you that to, there's like you, a, you know, you, like you a, need to, an outrage lay, over you, it. You need to lay them up a softball. Right. And that's the reality of it. You need to lay them up a softball. And some dumb fucking coffee shop that's going to open and fucking brickle that has created an outrage. I can guarantee you it's going to open and it's going to stay open. It's going to open. It's going to stay open. Because the amount of transient culture that there is in that part of the city will not give then three fucks say. if it's open. No, for, forget not giving three fucks. They won't be aware that, of this and that's And that's correct. You know why? Because there will be three days of protest and then they'll go away because people need to go the fuck to work so they can survive. Yeah. That's the reality of life. So if and we can get it. hopefully somebody saw that TikTok and was like, you know, isn't that that restaurant on that TikTok? But, but here's, but he, the, here's, here's the question. For, and, and then it and said they go to Starbucks and is that better? And and I understand I understand the the issue of you know <laughs> I did buy us a Starbucks so I don't know I hope it is better <laughs> uh, it's not better though no, why it, not it's a capitalist company I hope I, I mean, mean I un- heard under, anything under, else about understand it. the underlying effects of coffee worldwide and tell me if Starbucks is better oh I don't know I, I know not, and not that's okay. and that's what I mean yeah but that's what I mean so it's not, we all it's, have iPhones here <laughs> do we understand that like <laughs> the people that have to mine the minerals for these iPhones do we understand that they come from China and you know the, but like, it's, we, it's, it's we the have easy. the Olympics right now in China where they legitimately have like concentration camps and the worst part is they're like hey you from a concentration camp come light the, the torch I mean come on it's we can we have selective outrage right we're, we're like pissed over one thing but not yeah, another there's only there's so much bandwidth. Outrage. There's only so much bandwidth. We can so spend all day just, has. you know, but this is an issue that is near and dear to our heart. We, in Miami, the vast majority of us are Cuban. So it's almost like a, a slap in our face. It's like, you know what? I'm going to go into the middle of the Cuban diaspora and be like, Che Guevara and Fidel yeah. Castro. It's kind of like, you know, you had Honolulu, you had LA, you re- had New York. You really have to come here too. But is that really what you, but honestly, do you think that, just to keep saying his name because that's the one name I can remember, but he's not the only partner. Do you really think that Sean Meenan, that his plan was to show up in Miami and bah, and slap all these Cuban Americans? Or do you think that he showed up here no, ignorant not, of the he's implications? Definitely not that if, smart. He's, if he's ignorant like that, I mean, Which, come on, I've, I've started a few businesses. You don't just like show up one day and know nothing and decide I'm just oh, gonna a lot of people oh, you're, people out of, you're out of your mind a lot of if, people if, do you're sure. out of your mind if you think do. that people right now in in the climate that we're living in right because this is lot, now this yeah. is now my world right the amount of people that want to come here and the amount of developers and landlords that are like oh New York LA whatever whatever oh that sounds so nice how many fucking locations has major food group opened up in the last like fucking year and they will continue to do that because they're a New York brand it doesn't matter what they stand for it's what's behind them right and And the amount of people that are going to come here and that continue to move here from other places that now see it as a relatable concept and not only about all the other shit as as like a community that is suffering for 63 years under this brutal dictatorship. I mean, talk about it. Like, we were just talking about the N-word, right? And how how this is, people are so like, you can't even reference the N-word. Of course. And yet, and yet, I say that Cuba is an island where everybody on it, 11 million people are slaves. And it's like, <gasps> don't you dare say that. No, Don't but, you dare but, say that. But we Martha, have failed the, as a issue, community but to issue. really express these issues that are near and dear. Nobody in Cuba has freedom. Not as Cuba's an we're, island. We're, there, we're, it's we're miss, it's we're, water we're all miss, around it. We're missing There's fish the in the water, and nobody can go outside not and say fish. A pun. People are people are dying in Cuba of hunger, and of course. surrounded by food. 
And we don't like it's just insane that of we're, course, we're but having the, this. But the, but the question becomes: at, at what point? So to go back to what you were saying about let's. I, I just want to stick with Sean Meenan because I don't want to drag. Because I don't want to. Well, because I Sean Meenan and company. Because I don't want to drag Mario Carbone now into this Cuba. No, I mean Mario has nothing to do with this. Mario has nothing to do with this. He's a businessman. But to your point, right? Like you have all of these people who are coming into Miami because they see an open state and an open county and an open city, and they and they see opportunity for business. All of these brands that are coming in from New York and from Texas and from LA, wherever the fuck it is that they're coming from. Their consulting agencies, their marketing agencies, their PR agencies are all coming from the same world. These, this is a cacophony of noise that is completely disconnected from what in the end, because we are talking about us living in this little tiny bubble of Cuban-Americanness, has no connection, has no sense of even the tone deaf or beardy. They don't even, they wouldn't know the tone if you played it into their ear mm -hmm. through a vuzela. So what like, a great opportunity for Cuban American businesses to reach out to these companies and exactly. be like, you need to know that right. when you come to Miami, Correct. there's a little bit of this. I Correct. wouldn't go but, oh, into okay. a Jewish neighborhood again exactly. and, and, and set up a but Martha, you're making, but you're Hitler. making But you're making my point for me yeah. because the reaching out is reaching out. Reaching out is not slapping you down. Now, if I come out and I it's say... next. I mean, there's, there's a lot of tone deafness going on that's in this fine. world. And, you know... But, it, but if I come out and I say, listen, you need to know this. The implication when I say you need to know this is, and I'm going to give you a beat to decide what you do now that you do know it. And now but they if, know it. Okay. And I hope and that, that they take that, down that And at that, that point, if you oh, fail, yes. then you fail. But at that, that is, point, you, you are you right. are a scumbag. But that, but that, but that is my them. but that is my criticism. No, but you don't alert people. You don't alert people by jumping down their throats. You alert people by opening that dialogue that a moment ago we were mocking. You the dialogue has to happen. If I if you're doing something wrong and I come around and I say fuck you, don't open your restaurant. You're a communist. I know everything about you and everything about where you come from. I have not alerted you. I have shut you down. Those are two different things. And I am not interested. Down, and I, no, but that's, shut down. no, they're not shut down. But that's and what, but that's what, but that is what, but that is what, no, I don't think people will I succeed. I think we, we're speaking out of both sides I, of our I, mouth. No, we're not. No, we're not. I don't think people will succeed, I so but either. I do think that that is what people are attempting to do. I think the people who are attempting to do that will fail. And the great shame of it is that all of these people who are so motivated and to their credit, they are motivated to do something for Cuba, are putting their efforts into a thing where it will end up being for naught. Because instead of putting their effort into sure. co-opting this restaurant and making it a part of their cause, they are going and they are fighting a windmill. Because there is no shutting this down. Because even if you even if you manage to not open, even if you manage to shut down this restaurant, what are they going to do? They're going to open one in Broward. They're going to open one in Georgia. They're going to open one in Texas. I would rather see this be the place where the ripple originates. Mm -hmm. That the one in Honolulu has a picture of Bisset on its wall rather than a picture of Che Guevara on its wall. That's what I want to see. But if let's our see what first, happens. but if our first, no, let's see what happens. But if our first move is to troll them to the point that they shut down their comment section, you know what's not going to happen? Any of that. But we None can't control that. that. I didn't comment on their thing. No. Did you? No, I didn't. But okay. you know, no. But you know what we can do. What we can do is we can go on a podcast and we can say something other than your business needs to be shut down. I mean, I, I, I also feel like um, 
there's a lot of people that say a lot of things, right? Like the we want your business to shut down and blah blah whatever. And by the, and, the, and, the and, comment section, yeah. the comment section of anything in the world is ran by a bunch of people that sit behind a keyboard that don't actually make things happen. Right. And I think I think that there's a large reality to that. Keyboard warriors, sure. And you know, you see it all through the social media things and all the things that happen yeah. every single day. And you know, you, they'll be up in arms, right? And and the truth is like they'll they'll be protests for like a day or two and then they're going to go and, and then oh, yeah. they're going to go away. The July that's 11, why, that's, the July 11 shit has died. That that's why If that died, this will die. That's why I'm saying, listen, Sean, is his name Sean? Yeah. Sean. <laughs> Sean Meenan. Sean, Sean and company, you want to come on this podcast, you either want to be educated or... C- Cindy Crawford, a partner, is also welcome on this podcast. Cindy Crawford is a partner? Yeah. And her, and her husband, whose name I forget. Randy C- Gerber. Randy Gerber. Yeah, they're both partners. Or they at least, they at least, own, they at least own a franchise uh, uh, if they're not partners. So if you want to come on the podcast and you want to either be educated or... You want to tell us your point. I'm open to both, right? Because yeah. I, I, I'd love to hear your point. Oh, and and listen, and I'm, I'm open to having to the conversation and telling them after, like, go fuck yourself. And absolutely, because yes. I do this every single fucking but day, right? Gotta, because, but that's also the art of conversation, right? right. Which is dead. Because we can, uh, Nick right. and I, I love Nick dearly. We disagree. Oh, that's the cutest thing that's been said on often. the podcast. Has it? Oh, man. Is it? So good? I don't think so. I, I doubt that. But... We disagree, and yeah. and we agree to disagree, and that's okay, and that's fine because Nick is who Nick is, and I am who I am, and and that's totally fine. Now, like obviously, what these people are talking about is, is a visceral disagreement to me. But if we want to have the opportunity to change someone's outlook on something, we have to be willing to have a conversation and not just be sitting there with pots and pans, which we've been sitting with for a long fucking time, and it hasn't fucking worked. Right. And I'm so, not about that either. So what is the next step? We want to say that they're going to close. They're just going to close. And they're going to go somewhere fucking else because they're already somewhere else doing what they're doing. So, you know, I and, and I'm the first person to tell people to go fuck themselves. I am. That's absolutely accurate. I don't care if you don't like me. That's totally fucking fine. But I'm willing to sit down and have a conversation to disagree or maybe to find a common ground. Sure, and I agree with that. I agree we should have this conversation. However, at this point, they've been notified. Now they have a choice to through make. Through what, though? Th- notified through like a bunch of trolling cheese up against okay, the um, wall and watching so it slide down. So if you all of down. a sudden saw a whole bunch of comments of reviews of your restaurant and you saw a whole bunch of people saying, this no, is a communist, see, you, no, wouldn't, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't be like, Hmm. Let me take a look at what they're what they're complaining about. And, and maybe I'm sure, but they have right because they they changed their whole like dialogue on their right. website and the thing. And I hope that they take down the portrait of Che and Fidel, and they take down the Biggie thing on the side of the building. Oh yeah, what is it? Uh, Comrade Biggie or something. Yeah, uh, yeah. Comandante, Comandante Biggie, or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. which I find. But that's but that's disrespectful more s- as heck. But that's uh, that's sensation sensationalizing. Uh, what is it like pop let the culture man, let the man rest in peace pop please. culture i don't think he wanted right? to be commandante just, anything i mean it's just again it's like what kids that don't understand what that really means like oh well there's biggie they don't see the other part we see the other part and that's why if we can if we have an impact to take down a mural of someone that i i love and someone that i both hate at the same time then i'm all about that I'm all about that. Let's take that fucking thing down because I love that person because I love his music and I hate that person because I hate what, what 
the other word means, right? They can if just we paint if, over that comandante part and just leave the biggie, that would have been. And I'm swell. sure. And but we're not going to get there by just like berating with 10 million comments of a bunch of fucking people that just but sit I'm behind their keyboard. I'm not in favor of this. I'm just and saying I know, and that I'm, we and need I'm, to I'm, have I'm, this conversation. Just, but we also, as a community that has been severely affected by this, because I'm sure that I'm not the only one that put my grandparents in a grave when both of them were like, I'm just going to go back home soon. Right. You know, and I had to live through, my grandfather's been dead now for almost 20 years. And it's like, this shit is painful. I'm sorry. I, all he wanted in life was to go home and he never had that opportunity. And it's been 63 years and it's like, okay, I get it. We've really sucked at our messaging. We've really failed this endeavor, right? We've, we've just, we have. People in America don't understand. One movie by Michael Moore has done more to spread Cuban propaganda than 63 years of what's really been happening. And I think that's the conversation we should be having, which is why is this thing so attractive? And you know what? It's a bigger problem. It's everything that's going on around us. It's COVID-related. It's Canada-related. It's what's happening in, in, in Australia. People don't understand. I grew up in Venezuela. I saw communism starting with my own two eyes. I saw my dad telling everybody he could, I've seen this before. It's going to happen here. And every single Venezuelan my father told, it was like... I Cubano, you have no idea what you're talking about. Look at our vast wealth. We are so rich. We have so much oil. We have so much of everything. Nothing is going to happen. 20 years later, Venezuela's a, I mean, it took Venezuela less time than it took Cuba to get to the position they're in. So you know what? We have to take our responsibility. We have failed. We, the people who have lived this life, have failed to communicate to other people. This is the reality. This is the reality. You give these people in power this power over you and this is what's going to happen you're going to be miserable why are you going to be miserable because you're going to have nothing and you're definitely not going to like it which is the, the you know that whatever thing that is going around about how uh, the world is going to be different and we're all going to just enjoy it no you're not going to enjoy it because you're not going to have anything and you're going to have no say in it so we've failed and that's where my anger comes from how do we change this we have these conversations but also we don't just let them open up without telling them hey guys guess what i think you're failing miserable miserably i think that if you have a wall a mural with fidel and che on it then let's put the reality let's have it filled with blood let's put you know what why don't you depict people being shot on that wall why don't you depict how much che used to write home to his father it's in his books how much he enjoyed killing people that he thought was beneath him who were beneath him people of color gay people people that didn't think like he did is this who you want to have on your wall? Have at it. You want to eat next to a, some murderers on a wall? Have the fuck at it. But at least know what you're putting up there. The question is, do those people actually know that that's what they're emulating? And that's what I'm saying. But that's we why, but that's why the conversation needs to happen. Right. Sure, it, it, and I'm agreeing with you. I'm just saying we need to do a better job at marketing. We're not. In other words, if, if and I th correct me if I'm wrong, but I think what Mike is driving at is that, yes, we everybody in this room agrees. We would rather that the person on the other end of this understand that thing that they clearly don't understand. The question is, are they more likely to understand it if you come to them, if they perceive you as coming to them in good faith, in from a sort of like a, a, a familial, a, a helpful, welcoming posture, right? Or... Are, are you more likely to find success if you come to them aggressively and if you come to them assuming bad intentions? I think it's very difficult for this community it to is take it 
but on that, the chin and be like, but hey, that's, guys. But that's, not, but that's not the question. But that's not the question because I'm not asking what is the easy thing to do. The, the correct thing is almost always the hard thing. Mm. So that's not the question. And the, I think the that question the Bitcoin is, conference itself proves that we are there. I had a conversation with them saying, hey, guys, you're bringing this person. I gave them all the yes. reasons and we still haven't heard back from them. Hopefully they take Hopefully. it and they decide, hey, this is a bad idea. We're not going to invite them. Chances are if they've sat on it for two weeks, my hope is Maybe. very diminished. So I can tell you, at least from that experience. I did. I did exactly that. I'll, and I I'll, came to them that's and I said, fine. hey so I'll, guys, I'll, I'll tell this you from, is the problem. So I'll tell you from this another experience. The, unlike this restaurant, Bitcoin conference only lasts three days. And yeah. we definitely have the stamina to spend a weekend I'll tell you taking from another, care of this at the Bitcoin conference on Miami Beach. I'll tell you, from, sure. another, I'll tell you from another experience. Because I, I think that you know, for every story one way, there may very well be a story another way. And... And ultimately, I mean, these are these are strategies that have been proven to work, right? I mean, if, if we're looking at what peaceful movements to bring down dictators look like, they always look, and I mean 100% of the time, they always look like co-opting these pillars of support. They never look like internet trollery. 0% of the time does that bring down dictatorships. Yeah. Never. No matter what we do, we're not going to bring down the dictatorship with this restaurant. That's not what I said. That's a straw man argument. I'm not. So I'm just. No. Saying what that I'm nothing saying that is, happens with this restaurant is going to not even contribute. I mean. So here's the here's the question: Is you're not? I'm not talking about taking the restaurant away from Sean Meenan. I don't care about Sean Meenan. Right. I'm talking about taking that restaurant away from Fidel Castro, who I know is dead. And Raul Castro and Diaz Canel, they are affected by it. And here's why they're affected by it. They are affected by it because that restaurant is one of a myriad of cultural institutions that serve to reinforce and amplify and propagate communist propaganda in communities like Brooklyn, in communities like Honolulu, in places like Brickle, where Brickle is not voting overwhelmingly with Cuba in mind and certainly not with sympathy for the Cuban-American community in mind, that is a pillar of support for the Cuban government. And there is a reason why the Cuban government has been so fixed. There's a reason why Fidel Castro was in Harlem. There's a reason why he met with Malcolm X. It wasn't because he was particularly interested in the Nation of Islam. It's not because he was particularly interested in the American Civil Rights Movement. It's because he understood that the United States that leftism in the United States, that liberalism in the United States, that progressivism in the United States was a pillar of support for the communist revolution in Cuba. That restaurant is a direct extension. You don't have to put too many curves or pivots in that line to draw a line between Fidel Castro in Harlem and Café Habana. So the question is not, do you take Café Habana away from Brickle and away from Sean Meenan? The question is, do you take Café Habana and flip it? Now, that's assuming I, you can. That's, that's assuming, assuming you, can. That you can. I mean, we're it not, is, a, we're no, not assuming. It's, we're, we're, it's we're, not assuming. We're it's, to have the it's, conversation there's a to try to flip it's, it. I'm not assuming. It's that I want to give myself a shot. And I know from every interaction that I've ever had that every single person... Because I, I went through my angry libertarian phase. I went through my everybody's an idiot phase. I went through my... <laughs> You're done with that face? I'm done with that face. I don't believe that. I, but I, go on. Okay. I, I went through my everybody's stupid phase. I went through my wagging my finger. up. When I was at the University of Missouri, I had, for a period of about six months, I had a stack of printed 
copies of a letter that I would hand out to anybody that had a Che Guevara shirt on. And it did nothing. And I had a lot of exchanges based on this letter. And it did nothing because it was an angry letter that looked a lot like the things that these people are blocking from their comment sections. Now, years later, I am in a meeting with Juanes about the concert he's going to do in Havana. And he had been ready to do the same concert that we've all seen a million times from all of these bands. And because we came to him with a certain posture, and the history of that concert is a whole other story, but it's not a Juanes issue in my mind. We ended up taking him from, I want to do this concert because there's an issue with the U.S. government aggressing the Cubans, to I will do this concert calling for freedom in Cuba. I'm going to invite Los Aldeanos to play. I'm going to invite Willy Chirino to play. And if the Cubans arrest anybody for trying to go to the concert, try to control the cameras, or try to control the set list, I will cancel the show. We didn't get there by berating him. We didn't get there by shouting him down. We didn't do any of that. When I was at the University of Missouri, I also managed to flip a number of institutions at that university from... We are, you know, sympathetic to all of these Cuban revolution mierdas to we're going to participate in fundraisers to buy diapers and aspirin and shit for La Dama de Blanco. And I didn't get there by showing up at the Black Student Union and wagging my finger at them or yelling at them. So there's no reason. And in the same way, again, and I go back because this isn't just a Cuban issue. This is a human issue. They did not bring down Milosevic and co-opt his police forces by telling them, you're all assholes. Go fuck yourselves. I'm going to beat you up in the streets if I find you. No, they told them, you are victims, we are victims. I am sorry that, you have been, that you've been hoodwinked by this tyrant. This is the truth. What do you do with it now? There's a place for you in this society. And that's how you bring down Milosevic. This is not a fantasy of mine. This played out in Serbia, it played out in Georgia, it played out in Turkey, it played out in the Czech Republic, over and over and over again. Trollery never succeeds. And openness succeeds with a realism of, right, but, but giving people that opportunity and telling them there is a place for you. There is a place for you tomorrow if you make the right choice today. But this that we did, and I say we very loosely because I don't like saying we in this collective, you know, Cuban-American community thing. I didn't do it, but to the extent that there is a we, this thing that we did of shut them down, shut them down, shut them down, the immediate message was it doesn't matter what you do. There's no place for you here tomorrow. And that's immediately you shut down any possibility of having co-opted them. And I don't care about winning against Sean Meenan. I care about winning against Raul Castro. I you, care about winning against Diaz Canel. You, you automatically cha- you, you shut down the opportunity for change. Right. Give them a day. Give them a month. Give them a week. Whatever it is. But give gonna, them the, the, an the, opening. The thing is, is if you don't have this conversation, they're going to open. They're going to stay open. I can. I can. I, I, I just know. The window closes. Much like with the batch cocktails. <laughs> yeah, it does. The window closes. <laughs> I think, and then there's just elote with a Cuban flag on it, and and guacamole next to it. Yeah, yeah. I think that the the moral of the story is, I'd like to have a conversation with these people, and I think that there, if there's anyone, there's probably people more qualified than both. Uh, well, definitely me, 
Maybe not Nick. I'm very qualified. Yeah, maybe no, not no, Nick. No. So can, can I? Can I? And I'm sorry to cut you off, but I just want to say um, because I, I don't want to. I've I've said some things on the interwebs that uh, <laughs> have you? Yeah, that uh, it's possible. Um, it's possible he's seen, and I don't want to be seen as like pussyfooting around the issue. Uh, I I really do believe. And I, I don't know him very well, but I do believe that Carlos Frias missed an opportunity here. Mm. I think that, uh, and I'm, I, let me make it very clear, I'm not speaking for Michael Beltran. Of, uh, Thanks for that. Yeah, uh, I'm speaking for myself, 100% for myself. Uh, and, I, and I like Carlos Frias a lot. Uh, I, I have not had a conversation with him. I, I would really like to about what his thinking was in publishing the story about this as he did. I don't know if you know the, the Herald piece. The, the only Herald piece you've read about this whole thing was... I just, I don't remember the angle of it. Yeah, I mean, it was basically a summary of the things that happened on social media. And I think that the fact that it sort of goes to, you know, uh, Carlos Frias is a Cuban-American person from Miami. Um, he's the food editor at the Herald. Before that, he was a, a, a sports journalist at the Palm Beach Post. He wrote a book called Take Me With You that I haven't read, but that is based on an essay series he wrote for the Palm Beach Post about his first trips to Cuba that I, I remember reading in college. And I was like, I think I was in a, in a math class, like in an auditorium classroom, and I was, I was weeping reading this. It was one of the most powerful things I'd ever read about anything Cuba-related, and especially from that, like, you know, born in the U.S. Uh, perspective. Um, and then when it came to this story, which, you know, maybe in the grand scheme of things is kind of a small thing, but I think it was a missed opportunity for a Miami Cuban-American in the position of the food editor at the Miami Herald to treat this subject, which of course is food-related, in a way that the fact that that article didn't add any new information, like the New York Times piece that maybe you saw I posted on Instagram uh, I don't know, whatever. The New York Times wrote, like, they, they published a thing that was like three, you know, uh, just like a few inches of text. And it quotes somebody from the whatever Institute of Cuban American Studies, no sé qué, at FIU. And it quotes some random dude who's like a total, uh, a, a, a total comunitoide uh, stooge from here in Miami who's Cuban American who apparently lived in Argentina for a while. And it quotes that TikToker. But that New York Times piece at least went out of its way to quote some people and to add information that you wouldn't have gotten if you were just following it on Instagram. Yeah, that muerto that was on Facebook, right? That muerto. Um, and, but you know what? But the New York Times person, I have a lot of beefs with the way they covered it, but they did it in a way that added some new things that I had not seen before. Okay, You could so, find it on uh, Nicholas, yeah, at Nicholas Nicolás Jiménez. Jiménez. Nicholas A. Jiménez. Uh, his yeah. story right now, we'll keep it live. We'll keep right. it live. We're gonna we'll do it live. We're, gonna, we're actually going to put in a little box in the bottom. So when yeah. this is published, you can go and you can reference it. He's got right. lots of things to say about that uh, New York Times article, yeah. and uh, you could see it there. So, so my point is that I, I don't want to be seen as pussyfooting around this. I, I think Carlos Frias is a, a lovely human being. I just, I really wish, you know, to the extent that it's appropriate to be, you know, uh, I, I want to be constructive about it. And I hope that in the future when we have these kinds of controversies that people who are in that kind of a position to add something new take it to add something new because it, it was uh it was a it was a middle school book report level summary of what happened on social media 
No, it was it, this is this guy Instagrammed this. This guy tweeted this three years ago. We wrote about this protest that happened at Salt Bay's restaurant. Like there, there is nothing new in that article, and and I'm saying this because Carlos Frias is a brilliant storyteller and he is capable. I really, when I saw that he had done something with this, I thought, thank God. And then I opened it and I thought, they could have had an intern do this. There's no, there was no reason for Carlos Frias to touch that thing. And he, he is, he, he, I wonder whether he understands what he's capable of because he really is, he, I, I want him to do so much for this thing. And I think he's in such a unique position to have so much of an impact as the food editor at the Herald who's so aware and so we sensitive to all of these Cuban things. I just want you to know. Yeah. This is like episode five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's that's the end of my Carlos Frias rant. But Well, I mean, I like Carlos a lot. I like him too. I actually I I didn't read uh, the piece that that was that you're talking about. So I didn't read it with the detail you did. Though. No, I, I didn't read it at all. There wasn't much to it. Yeah, I mean, I just know I know the subject that we're talking about, and uh, and that was the lightning round. <laughs> well, that was the <laughs> no, that, that was, was the the addendum, the extra minisode. That was the minisode. Yeah, and I I think that this is um, an opportunity for Cafe Habana. Yeah, if you got something to say, this is a good place to say yeah. it. There's camarón enchilado empanadas over here. Well, I mean, if you if you do if fifty bucks a month. That's right. I'll get, send you. I'll send you guys coffee. <laughs> gets you coffee and an empanada now. I mean, that's so worth it. Yeah, I mean, I 50, 50 bucks a month. a month. I mean, I'll take your fifty bucks a month yeah. with no pictures of Che involved. Very good. Are we done here? Uh, I think we're good. Right. No lightning rounds for this. No. no. Thanks yeah. again, Martha. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you.